Aloha and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Got Your Six podcast. This six-question podcast brings together high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and, most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash. And into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. I don't know what you've been told. The views we have are all our own. Yes, we serve the DOD. But my opinions come from me. I am beyond excited today for our guests. We have suffered through some very hard times together, mostly academically. Eric Sefcik, he is an army veteran, an athlete, an entrepreneur, one of the best home brewmasters in Cleveland, Ohio. He is, you're talking ice hockey. He would, I'm pretty sure they recruited him for the first Mighty Ducks movie. He's that good. Eric and I go way back all the way to West Point. We graduated together in 2010. He got his degree in business management and systems engineering, after which he was hand selected to coach and mentor 35 cadets and D1 hockey for what is one of the premier teams at West Point. He served seven years in the Army as an air defense artillery officer. His last job before he transitioned out of the military was a commander in Fort Hood, Texas for an air defense artillery Patriot battery. Eric, I'm so excited to have you here, my man. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm just honored to be on the show, really. I mean... You squeeze Brewmaster and Mighty Ducks into into one intro. That's pretty impressive. I try my best. You know, I, I can't. I came with some pretty solid notes. What can I say? <laughs> so you got out what year? Uh, Twenty seventeen. So you've been out about four years now. Yeah. Is there anything you've taken away from your time, either at West Point or in the military, that you still implement daily? I know some people say like physical fitness, making your bed. I didn't know if there was like a mentor, somebody who reached out and said something to you and you're like, it's just become ingrained in you every day. I think you nailed it with the, with the physical fitness piece, right? I mean, you and I have, have shared a couple sweats together, you know, more recently too, in our uh, the mental mile, which I appreciate you getting me on board for that. But I mean, my day starts at four and it always starts with, with the gym. Like that's just something that for me, it balances me. I mean, people can tell if I didn't get to the gym in the morning, it's not hanging over your head all day. It's just one thing that like, call it what it is, PT is free. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the gyms we go to now aren't free. But I mean, you have a pretty solid garage gym as well as I do. So it's, uh, I mean, it's easy and there's no excuses not to. Right. No, and, you, and you've taken that extra step and you invested in yourself, right? You got a solid setup at the house and it's what you've done with your wife, who's also a West Point grad and a phenomenal former army officer, you guys do it together, right? And that that allows to just build those bonds and create that time where usually like 
you know, people would go off into separate directions and like go work out, but you guys are able to do it together, Mm -hmm. which I think is so cool. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's probably better off that we don't work out together. The competitive nature of of both of us kind of, kind of comes out and you know, if you're like, Hey, you didn't go down low enough or, Hey, do you think you're really, you know, that hard? Or if there's, you know, any kind of critique made, it gets, it could probably go off the rails pretty quick, but I mean, it's just, again, like you mentioned, it's something that just starts your day off, gets you in the right direction. You build that bond and that goes back to your military time as well. Right? Like what was always ingrained in us was you're going to show up to your unit. You're not going to know anything like just be able to smoke all your soldiers in PT. You have to be physically fit. And I think that transitions into, into the real world. And I actually heard something similar on another podcast with one of her, with a couple of our classmates uh, recently they're talking about looking the part. And I think that physical fitness drives that, right? Like I'm healthy. I'm ready to lead the charge. Like I'm, I'm here to win. I'm going to go, I'm going to go through a wall, whether that be, you know, through physical fitness or, or, you know, professionally in a, in a, you know, in a meeting setting. Right. No, and it's transferable, whether you're coming to a new unit or just like you did when you came to your new position as a project manager, mm-hmm. at Garner, like they don't expect you to like have, you don't have to pass a PT test. Yeah. yeah. But if you show physically fit and mentally ready to be in the game, like they're going to just take you on and the team's going to be able to run with you. Well, yeah, your energy levels are higher though, too. You're, I mean, you're able to just, you're just able to go, right? There's just some people that hit that, that afternoon or they get sluggish and they just can't keep up or that, you know, and that, that drains them mentally. And then they don't perform in their professional life. And I think that's something like yourself and, you know, our wives, they don't have to deal with either because they're just, they have the energy to just keep going. And I mean, that really drives the success factor there for sure. Is there something that's driven you, whether it be a book or a course or like video or a mentor that's really greatly influenced your life? <sighs> I mean, a lots of mentors, lots of books. I think that's one thing that I've, I've tried to do more of is just continue to read and develop through that and always try to take a little bit from, from books and, you know, or, you know, newspapers or magazines or whatever, just, something that pertains to kind of, you know, what you're looking to get out of life next, or, you know, maybe in reflection stages too. But I mean, we've talked about too, lead yourself first from, um, I think it's Raymond Kethledge and Mike Irwin. I mean, I couldn't put that book down. Like I thought, you know, a couple of things stood out there. One of them being like the creativity chapter. I think it's chapter four, um, chapter six about emotional balance. Like they're always acting like you've got eyes on you through the, in that creativity part. And then it goes into being a beacon of responsibility. And I'm obviously paraphrasing, but like it talks about the relationships and, you know, it's about the teammates, the coaches, the, I mean, teammates in the military too. It doesn't have to necessarily be, a, you know, a, a sports team, but it's just, you remember, you remember the relationships and those relationships, the right ones, it's just a, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, like you've already won, you've created those relationships. And I think, you could speak to that too. It's just, you've, you've already, you've already won because I mean, think of all the people you still talk to from teams, whether it be a military team, a sports team, um, a math project team, perhaps, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's just, you, that's the stuff you remember. So like you're a winner, no matter what, as long as you can build relationships. And I think that works again, professionally, just as well as anything. Like, again, you mentioned the new position. It's like, my whole goal was to go in and just start building relationships with people right away. Just who are you? What do you do here? How can I support you? That kind of thing. What can we do, you know, to, to make gardeners successful? And then the other one was that, that emotional balance piece with, 
the solitude and reflection periods facilitating, you know, maybe a structural thinking component and then not, you know, the recognition, which allows leaders to move forward, like recognizing whether it be negative or positive, like, because if you don't, it just kind of nags and, you know, it could drag you down too if you're trying to move forward, you know, on a mission or, or in an exercise or, you know, maybe to the next project. But I mean, it ties nicely to another book too. Have you ever, have you read that Mark Manson book? I'm sure you have. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's right. It's right here on the show. Yeah, I mean, it, that whole chapter where it discusses the value of suffering, like that. I think the recognition from you know, lead yourself first, where you're recognizing that wow, this sucks. I'm suffering, and not ignoring that, and letting the negative emotions like be a necessary component of like your emotional health and mental health, and then. I think the one quote was, I, I did write that down, was to deny that negativity is to perpetuate problems rather than solve them. And like, no matter what position we've been in since you got to West Point, it's been like, you're a problem solver, not a problem identifier. So like, fix it. <laughs> right. Because I mean, we're trained and taught to like come to seniors if there is a problem with some sort of possible solution. I'm not saying it's the right one, but at least something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's hard to talk to that person or that group and be like, I got nothing. You can't like really just hold out your hands and just be like, I don't like that emoji. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say, I don't know, that's okay. But it's got to be for like, I don't know. I'm going to get you an answer or here's how we're going to fix this. Like, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you just don't know. And that's, that's okay. (laughs) Like, I think when people start to try to bullshit and it gets called out and then you lose your credibility and now you've lost the room too. So I think, you know. Again, just being able to like acknowledge negative. Like if you're if you're just always positive, always positive, and nothing negative ever happens, like you're just compartmentalizing that. Like it's it's still there. Like you're gonna explode at some point. Yeah, and then it harms like people from trusting you, right? Because yeah. they don't know, like you said, when you're gonna when you're gonna blow. <laughs> yeah, when's this guy gonna finally pop? Yeah, exactly. So being out, you know, for about five years, or the, is there any like new belief or behavior, or even a habit that you've picked up that it's really improved your life or like changed it or like allowed you to kind of look at things differently? I think just trying to be like a more effective, active listener. So like what we're doing right now is great for me in this, in this like journey to be a better active listener. Cause I, I find myself drift in a touch, but like, I mean, I'll use you for an example. You're probably one of the like shining examples of being an active listener of anybody I've ever met. And I'll pump your tires this whole show. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not needed. But no, but no, they but cater for you. Yeah, but that's for real. Like, I mean, that's that's something that's learned, and that's something that I tr- I very very wholeheartedly believe in. And I, again, I think that goes back to how you develop relationships because if you're one of those people that's not listening and you're just sitting there waiting for your time to say what you are already just thinking, the wheels are just turning the whole time. Like, I don't that's, I don't think that's building effective relationships. I mean, as far as habits, I think you saw one of those things like that daily discipline we and we did with the physical part where we were doing the run. Like for two guys that don't like to run, I ran before this just to get the jitters out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've, I've tried to keep up on at least some semblance of a mile a day, um, supporting another classmate of ours who, again, I've never met, but classmate of ours doing great things with the tray running. Like let's, let's support the, let's support the, uh, our classmates here. So, I bought a fresh pair of those. I'm ready to keep running now. Joseph Cabrera, episode two. Yeah, that's right. I agree. And then, so just to give people background, 
back in December of 2020, I came out on social media and I was like, I'm going to run a mile every day because I hate running and I want to kind of be able to be comfortable with having to run if I need to, which clearly I do being in the military. Eric said, hey, I'm going to do it with you, um, which then led to us at one point meeting in Cleveland uh, and running together, which was just a surreal and awesome experience. Yep. All the planets aligned for that one, for sure. But it was good. You shared the experience with somebody. It was the accountability piece as well, which is another you know, military thing that we've learned. And it's just, I don't, I don't think you could put a price on that. Like, I really don't. It was a blast. And now that's not the most laborious part of my workouts is running. Which is great, right? Like, yeah. And it allows you to like create like a new skill set or that we had all along, but it just took like kind of pushing through that initial like suck factor of like getting over your ego or whatever to like just get out there and put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. So would you say active listening is the one skill like you're, you're currently working on? Or is there something else like a talent or a skill? that you're currently working on? I mean, for me, it's just being present. And I, I think it ties into like work-life balance and having uh, a, you know, a good work-life balance. Um, but being present is one of those things that's just hard for me because, you know, you just have so much going on, you know, like, you know, you're at work and you got multiple projects at work or multiple things going on at work. And then, you know, we are trying to maybe make something uh, real out of this, out of this whole brew situation we have going, you know, having pretty solid results thus far. So then you're thinking about what's the next recipe or, you know, how can we tweak this or, you know, what stage of fermentation is this one in versus that one? And then it's, do I have, you know, do I have Zoe, my, you know, my two-year-old's food ready for the week? Or thankfully Christine just is an absolute gem and pretty much allows me to do all that kind of stuff. But it's just, how do you be present when you have all that just stirring up in your brain some days? It's tough. Like, so I think that's, that's the thing I'm probably working on most. And the transition to the project manager role, I think is kind of allowed a much better work-life balance. What specifically are you doing to be present? Like, is there like a saying you say to yourself, do you like pinch yourself? I, I, there's a lot of different things people do. I'm curious what you do to remain present. I haven't found that magic potion yet because it's hard. I mean, you know me, again, like yourself, you're pretty active on social media. I'm not active at posting things, but I'm usually looking at, you know, whether it's like, it is what it is, you know, fashion or style or, you know, my, my hockey things that I'll follow on Instagram or highlights and, you know, just the stuff everybody looks at. It's so hard to get drawn into social media on top of that. You know, sometimes you want to come home and you find yourself catching up on that versus, catching up with your family. So like I have to kind of just like check myself before I come in the door and make like, make a, like a point of it. I mean, sometimes maybe it's just take a deep breath in the car before you get in. But I, I mean, it's, it's tough. It really is for me. So I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, I have very, a very hard time being present. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because that's why I, I really wanted you to on the show today, because it's not always like I wake up, I meditate for an hour before I go to work. I drink celery juice and my life is great. Like it, it's it fucking sucks from time to time. And like, it's really hard. And sometimes, like you said, you, you, it might just be that breath you take in the car before you get out and see your family where you have to like use that as a hard transition to go from, all right, work is done for the day. Now I'm going to go and be a father and a loving husband to my family. And there's some days I like, I fall 
just unbelievably short of that. And like, again, I think reflection and acknowledging it is like the first step, but like, it is just so hard to like change that as quickly as you'd like to. Right. Cause like my, my daughter's two already, I have no idea where two years went and that kind of like makes me a little sad sometimes. <laughs> like where did, how did, how was she two years old? Where did this go? You know, what could I have done differently or how could I have been, been like more present? I think a lot of it was my previous job where it was, um, I mean, it was nights, weekends. I mean, it was pretty at 24 seven at times, but I mean, a lot of that, that's still personal responsibility to like make sure I'm taking care of business at home too. So. Yeah. But you recognize it came to a point where you had, you recognize like, this isn't good for my situation, not just work-wise, but like life-wise with the family who's going to be there at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's kudos to you for recognizing that. Cause some people just try to like, continue to make it work. And sometimes it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't. And you got to just be like, you know what, let's, it's time to, you know, cut sling load, as they say, and just move on. Yeah. I mean, credit to Christine. She's just like, if you don't like your situation, change it. And I was like, all right, that's pretty, it's pretty black and white. Like, let's go change it. No, that's awesome. And it's, and again, it's great to have somebody like that in your life who can kind of not call you out, but just be like, Here's the black and white. All the other stuff you're adding to add this color to make it super fancy. It's literally black and white. What are you going to do about it? And it's like, oh shit. Okay. Yep. Touche. Let me go execute. And you've executed on a lot of different things. Going to West Point through juniors, right? Which is a, a very unique route in itself. Doing what you did as an air defense artillery officer coming into this, the civilian world. What has been, would you say, your your failure that has ultimately led to your greatest success? This one was kind of tough as I like thought about it for this, but I think honestly, my time as the captain of the hockey team, my senior year at West Point was probably my biggest failure that I like still think about. It wasn't that like we were bad as a team. I just think it was, I wanted buy-in so bad like from, from everybody, you know, you had one, you had one large class that we had there that year, there was like 10 or 12 guys. So, I mean, you're trying to do, you know, do the school stuff, do the hockey stuff, then still make sure all that kind of blends in and you're taking care of everybody, but it's just kind of like leadership immaturity, right? Like you, you want to achieve this buy-in so bad, you know, it's, it's, it's our year as seniors, like you guys should just go with what we want to do, you know, some stuff got ignored, whether it was consciously or not. Like, and I don't think I got the team's input. Like I should have, I don't think I, I haven't really cared to get their input. It was just like, we're going to do these things. That's why. And I, and I don't think that's what the team needed. And I, I just didn't have the ability to like identify that at the time. So, I mean, how that turned into a great success was like, you know, thankfully I was able to then learn from this and, you know, when I got to platoon time and command time, I mean, I was better, much better prepared to get everybody on board and like rowing in the same direction, right? Like, you know, to, to seek input, to achieve ownership and, you know, to, you know, give them the, the small tasks that kind of, you know, whether it be naming the, you know, naming the unit or your battery, right? Like, Hey, you guys, you guys can pick it or we'll take our top five and see what everybody wants to do. Like something as simple as that, like, that gets everybody on board. And then just, you know, understanding like 
hey, somebody might know how to do this better than me. Like, let me go ask them. Like, I don't know everything. And even even at that time, like as a hockey player, as the senior captain, it was like, I probably in my head at the time thought I knew everything. And it's like, there might've been somebody that just had something better, but I didn't want to ask. Like, or I didn't care to ask. Like, so, I mean, how to lean on all your subject matter experts, right? You seek out advice, you you go and you you do seek out those you know, opinions that might not align with your own. Like, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, people that challenge you, which I don't think I wanted to be challenged at the time. But I think as you grow, you 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 kind of learn that. Um, I think it just that poor again, this is me personally. I don't know how other people perceive that, but like I think I that leadership failure then led to all the successes I had as, you know, a platoon leader and a battery commander for sure. Yeah, and as a leader in other aspects of life. And that's a very powerful thing where you have to be vulnerable to ask those questions and recognize internally, like, I don't have those answers, right? And other people do. Yeah, I was just combative at the time, too. I I, I didn't want to be collaborative. It was like, oh, I'm like this is my show. This is like, again, this is my team. We're doing it this way. It wasn't collaborative at, at whatsoever. It was like the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do as, you know, as a good leader, right? Yeah, and I think you can ask any anybody who has been a leader and has done it well has to go through that point where they're a shitty leader and they try to just do it all themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, this is my show. I'm the face of it. And it's like, no, the team is a team for a reason. So yeah, I know I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you're surrounded by like a lot of good leaders and like good captains before that, or, and it's just like, why can't I figure this out at the time? Like, why did it take me that extra, you know, year to figure it out or two years to figure it out? Like, like figure it out. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like when you stop trying to figure it out, like that's when it starts to click it, and you just kind of be like, all right, how do we make this work? And it just it slowly, it surely, we talked a lot about work-life balance failures, you know, while being the hockey captain, going through your, your military career, and here you are, you know, father, looking with a lot of opportunity on the horizon and many different aspects. What makes you better than yesterday? I think my ability now to reflect and like reflect often. Now, regardless if I actually make actionable change on that, that's a different story as we just discussed. But I mean, before I wouldn't even think about it. I would just keep going. Like now, like, I don't think I think about it to the point where I'm like paralyzed and I can't, I can't go any further, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, you mentioned meditation. I'm not a huge meditation guy, but I mean, it it could just be 10 minutes. Like, Hey, let me think about how I just interacted with this individual. Like I had that a lot in my operations role when I was at the, uh, in that manufacturing facility prior to moving on to Gardner, it was you know, I had some pretty poor interactions where I thought, you know, I could have handled it differently. And, you know, you always, my thing was, all right, I, you know, I'd go take some time and I'd always circle back with the guy like, hey, I didn't like how this conversation ended or I didn't like, you know, what, res, you know, what resolution we came to or reached, like, we need to revisit this, you know, are you in this, the frame of mind to have an additional discussion? But I mean, that's just one example, but I mean, I think it's for anything in life. I think the ref- the ability to reflect now is probably the biggest thing that makes me better than yesterday. 
No, that's awesome, man. I firmly believe in it, right? Like, you got to be able to kind of take that step back. It's almost like that tactical patience, right? Where you're able to kind of observe what's going on in front of you and process a little bit more to have some sort of direction to then go into. Like you said, it is hard having interaction with another person and then be able to come back and be like, hey, I didn't like how that went. Let me know when you're able to talk about it because I do want to come to some sort of solution that's amicable for both of us at the end of the day. Yeah. It's the only way to live, right? Because then that's keeping that relationship. That's continuing to have that buy-in. That I mean, it's just, it's all layered. <laughs> I mean, it's, it all leads to the same thing, right? Just trying to build winning teams and whatever that team looks like and whatever winning is to you or your organization. Absolutely. Talk about relationships. So say somebody wants to get to know Eric a little bit better. Where are they going to reach out to you? I mean, I know there's a very hotly contested homebrew Instagram page that I think people would love to know more about. Uh, well, Sefcheck Brewing is the Instagram page. That is, bless her heart, Christine is the social media person in the house. So she she manages that. So if you're talking on that, you're getting Christine. And she is uh, she's very responsive. So logistics are a little difficult right now. I'll, I'll be honest about that because we are in our infancy stages here. Um, again, always looking to get better in that respect, but, uh, yeah, reach out to us there. I mean, I'm just Eric Sefcheck on Instagram. You won't see me post much. If you do, it's like, a, it's like a unicorn sighting. So again, I'm just there to kind of catch up. It's a story every six months. You'll get an Instagram story every six months. <laughs> yeah. If that, so I've been, I've been called a creep by my wife. Cause she's like, just post something. I'm like, I, I don't think anything I have to post is worth posting. Like I'd rather just, I'll repost stuff about the, you know, our brewer, the brewing stuff we're doing, but I don't know. I got nothing good to post. I'll, po- I'll start posting my daughter more. So then you can just have it really filled up with, big, with videos of Zoe. Yeah. Zoe and beer, man. That's all you need. Like, and that's Seth check S E F C Z E C H brewing on Instagram. Brewing. Yep. One word. Eric, thank you for your time. Let us dive deep into your story, which I am just honored to be able to share with other people. And lastly, thank you for having our six. I appreciate you having me. It's been an honor, Tony. Thanks for listening, Sixers. This episode comes to you thanks to the great people over at 10,000. 10,000 makes the best training gear, hands down across the board. And my favorite are the tactical shorts, the tack line, at 10,000 is incredible. Ultra light and durable. The waistband is tough as nails. Zippers never stick. I can't say enough great things about the 10,000 shorts. They come in five and seven inch inseams, depending on how long you like your shorts. And of course, my favorite is OD Green. If you go to 10,000.cc and use the promo code GOTYOUR6, that's got your and the number six at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. That's 10,000.cc, not .com. Use the promo code GOTYOUR6 for 15% off. Sixers are running a new segment in a couple episodes and I'm super excited about it. Talking to all these incredible high performers, I've realized we need to stack the wins to achieve massive success. And I want you to know I have your back in these accomplishments. Let me know. Go to either Twitter or Instagram, GOTYOUR6POD with the number 6. There's a Google form there. Let me know a win you or somebody else recently experienced and deserves some recognition. I want you to know I'm stacking the wins with you each episode, so we'll give you a little shout out at the end of each episode, just so you know we got your six.
I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Gotcha Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.